0: This is the PR Podcast, a show about how public relations helps you tell your story to the world. We talk with great PR practitioners who have the skills, creativity, and just plain savvy to get their clients noticed. Now here's your host, Jody Fisher. Hey everyone, and welcome to the PR Podcast. I'm Jody Fisher. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk about a busy news week. This was one of those tsunami news, week coverage, uh, news coverage weeks, I think, between all that has happened at the Olympics, uh, and if you've been following, man, have you had a lot to digest there, uh, but also the resurgence of COVID here in, in the U.S., sadly, new ma- mask and vaccination mandates That are going into effect, and I think rightfully so in this country. And as we tape this, a blockbuster lawsuit just announced against Disney Plus and Disney over the release of the Black Widow movie. And I, having just read a couple of articles there, I'm officially Team ScarJo. Uh, So let's see how that that, uh, works itself out. Uh, but there's just so much going on, and you know, it's times like this that I take the opportunity myself and in my work to kind of reassess the media landscape. Because part of what we do as public relations professionals is is know when to pitch and know how to pitch. That's sometimes even more important than what we're pitching or what we're talking about or who we're trying to get to. Um, and you know, there's only so much uh, bandwidth in any reporter's day, in any media outlets uh, space. Uh, And so really, I think timing is really critical. And this has just been a very challenging week to pitch anything that you want to place this week. And so I like to take weeks like this, when you've got a lot of media coverage and pitch for the future. Say, okay, we can do this story next week. We can do this story in two weeks. Uh, or this is coming up next week and you can go and see this and then report on it the following week or however you work that out. But i um, wondering if you're doing that too. Hit us up on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and let us know how your pitching has gone in the context of this very, very busy media landscape that we're working in right now. Uh, But you're not here to hear me talk. You're here to hear our guest. And today we have a very special guest all the way from the UK. So let's get right into it. Carrie Eddins is better known on Twitter as Blondepreneur. She bills herself as a chief connection officer, humanizing public relations and content. She adores celery juice, fruit, animals, trees and chat. It sounds like she has got life down to a T. Uh, she is also the host of Blonde About Fortnightly Tweet Up. Carrie, welcome to the PR podcast.
1: Oh, thanks, jo- Jody. I'm honored to be here. That's really lovely. Thank you.
0: Th- and, and thank you for, for spending some time here. Now, now, we're finding you in the UK where you live and work. Um, and so it's if it's if it's the afternoon here in the East, it's the evening where you are for sure.
1: It is, absolutely. Um,
0: tell tell us a little bit about uh, how things are there in the UK right now, and then let's get into what you do uh, and, and
1: the people you work with. Yeah, absolutely. I would say it's been a, a very, very strange pitching week as well, to be honest um myself and, and some of my PR colleagues would say it, it feels like everybody in the UK because it's a, we're in a slightly different stage with the COVID situation so people are going on holiday so it's like people have slipped off the edge of the world here so it's like crickets, you know it's kind of we've all been pitching and there's been nothing because I it's almost like a lot of people have just you know they're out of the office emails and everybody just just like we've hit a limit we need to just chill for a few days or a week or you know it's it's sort of like that really so it's it's um it's been quite strange and yeah I I think people have just had so much of the it's like I I say that like we've got kind of global post-traumatic stress so we're all like well that's normally we'd be like really heartbroken that that really horrible thing happened but because we've had so much for the last 18 months we're all like yeah yeah so we're kind of in a weird space really there's we're split as a country. There's like people who are still very anxious, and then those who are just like, no, I'm just going on holiday. That's sort of how it is here.
0: Wow. And, and I, I think uh, it's, it's similar here in the US, um, you know, and, and as we're taping this, you know, things are mandates and uh, things are really ramping back up again. And I think, sadly, so I think it's the right thing to do. But yeah, I also, also think it's really sad that we find ourselves here because we didn't need to be here. Um, yeah. and, and I think in the U.S., we probably loosened up the reins just a little too soon, okay. um, and, and, you know, so now we're, we're kind of getting that bounce-back effect, and then, as you explained, we've also got the people running around who are politicizing public health, and that just doesn't serve anybody.
1: No, um, it doesn't help. It's kind of, I just feel like, you know, you've got to do what's right for the individual, and what's right, you know, um, for the family, and focus on that, really, instead of turning it outwards. I think that that's when it, it's just too stressful for everybody it's kind of but it's tricky it's not we've never been here before so it's a tricky situation to navigate you know
0: we certainly have we certainly haven't we certainly haven't well you were alluding there too to how this is also affecting your business and so let's talk a little bit about your business tell us about what you do with your clients because you have a really unique type of a business
1: yeah so what i um well i mean i i I was I self taught myself in public relations really I didn't go to school or anything like that or university I I, I studied peace at university um but I I basically I was an earlier doctor of Twitter and I um you you know I spent a lot of time on Twitter a bit too long and a lot of Twitter chats and things like that and guilty um, guilty it's like (laughs) oh my god yeah I know that you know exactly it's so addictive and um, I kind of discovered that Twitter was my strength by accident. And then I combined uh, PR just literally by chance. I, I tweeted um, a couple of years. It was probably two, no, it was three years ago now, 2018, early 2018. The story goes that what this lady I knew called Annabelle who who's a GDPR expert that I knew. I know it's a dry subject, but she's the only person who made sense. So, and I was, I was playing around with different PR strategies And um, because I was building my PR business, I I didn't really want to shell out a lot of money for like one of the expensive databases. You probably got them in the US. So I was just like, okay, well, I know Twitter, so I'm going to do this. So I, I literally got a tweet and I tagged a few people who I thought would be receptive to her tweets, put the hashtags in. And it literally got her booked on like a BBC Radio 4 program talking about GDPR on a panel. And it was a complete fluke. But and and then it kind of evolved into a process that I do so um I I kind of teach people how to because it's really underutilized in the you know with companies generally but definitely in a PR capacity because the you know 80% of the media are on Twitter probably more actually to be honest I mean I know they're on Instagram but obviously it's a slightly different platform and we know the news literally breaks on Twitter so whereas you know pre-twitter people would be like ringing up or emailing the, the news desk when a breaking news story happened now you can literally do it on twitter and you can kind of i mean i've had clients where like for example on a blue blue monday do you have blue monday in the uk in the us i think you do don't you
0: no go well, I mean, go ahead blue monday blue, meaning blue monday so
1: blue, yeah blue monday basically i mean it's a commercial thing but it's kind of a thing where on the one of the days in monday i think it's, uh, in january I think it's. I feel it's the last one when people have had like this cold, dark winter. It's called Blue Monday, and it's just acknowledging that people are fed up and they wait for the spring to happen. So it's kind of a like. It's That's just- every
0: day for me from January one through March thirtieth. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand those months. They just. Oh,
1: you see, I love them. I I love the deep, dark winter, cold winter. I'm like, I love it. I honestly, I I love winter. So on this particular day, it's like a day where, so there's lots of um, stuff in the media about like Blue Monday. And so a lot of PRs I know, they would have got their pitch in to talk about, you know, with their therapist clients or their coaches, for example, to talk about Blue Monday. And I said to my client, Sally, I said, no, 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 let's just, you know, because there's always last minute opportunities that people just miss on Twitter. And I said, let's just put some tweets out. Let's just put the right hashtags in. And, and she literally, within hours, she was quoted in the Daily Telegraph online, like, by tea time And it was just because the journalist just was looking for the hashtags and then found the content. If you get the right content, they're going to find, and especially if it's original content, then there's a lot, you stand a great deal of opportunity of them actually taking it and using it. And, you know, so I, I sort of kind of, I suppose I've like um, news jacking in the 21st century, because obviously it wasn't done like that before. Um, but that's, but I, I've kind of evolved the process and I kind of get my clients to get and break, get a breaking news story. So i kind of take it up a notch, get and, and to quote what they think about that news story, tag a few key journalists. So even if they don't pick it up in that day, it's a record, it's a thought leadership micro record. And it's really, and, and obviously it's good for traffic, it's good for, um, authority and, you know, the journalists use it as content, you know, quite often, more than you actually realize, you know.
0: That, that is so fascinating, what you've just described, the way you've built this business and, and what you do for your clients. Because, and, and there were so many terrific takeaways in there because, one, I agree with you, Twitter, to me, reminds me of the Associated Press Newswire. You know, when I was, yeah. when I was uh, working in newsrooms before I was in public relations, you know, you had that, and this is going way back, you had the printer in the corner of the newsroom, and it was just constantly spitting out um, printed stories from the Associated Press or Reuters or whatever. And to me, that's what Twitter reminds me of. Absolutely. It's just this constant news flow, right? But then yeah. on top of that, um, it's even better because, as you described, it's not only searchable, but it's engageable you can engage with a group of reporters on there who are covering a particular beat you can engage with a single reporter you can then migrate that to a specific conversation and i love what you said too about creating a record looking at your clients and what they are saying it creates a terrific record for people to refer back to and reporters to refer back to to show their credibility Um, and their perspective
1: yeah because it's overlooked because it's kind of I think people just think it's like we have to have long blog content or long content and actually a tweet because you know as well as I you know just go they they go into the search bar on Twitter and they can literally find out the latest tweet about a particular subject so if they're tweeting with the right hashtags obviously and if you're tagging the journalist you will just come up I mean literally um, some of the for example with the um a few years ago with the michael jackson film one of my clients my therapist client was kind of i taught her how to live tweet that's another level to live tweets about things that come up in the trends, and she was literally headhunted by the um huffington post in, in in california i mean and she's been headhunted by loads of people because of how i've taught her how to live tweet but it's just that people just i don't know why they don't sort of see that but it's we've got and you know whether you're working for yourself or you've got a pr you know your pr can kind of tweet it out on their account and then the journalists will come to your account and contact you that's what happens to me but it's kind of it's gold dust but it's it's been so underutilized it's kind of
0: yeah and it's it's amazing it's amazing to me too i mean how how obvious it seems right yeah, and yeah. yet i i feel like so few people and you know present company included Don't really do that, right? We focus so much on working with the client to develop a pitch, to sort of write out a long form, some piece of long form content, whatever that is. Deliver it. Find the right reporter. Deliver it directly to that right reporter, and then you know, cross our fingers and hope that they get back to us. Where you could, um, and even if you wanted to do that, you could also be doing what you're describing, which is really proactively just pushing that information out. Um, And and, and as you said, you know, hashtagging properly, targeting the proper journalists um, and going directly to them. And it also, I'm putting myself in the journalist seat as well here. Um, They've got so much to do in a day. Absolutely. Um, You know, sure, they can go back to their Rolodex. of I'm dating myself Rolodex, but (laughs) they can go back to their (laughs) contacts, you know, like that, you know, the 10 people who they talk to and just pick the next one they haven't talked to. But so much easier if they get thrown something via Twitter and they're like, oh, that's perfect. I can use that. Or, oh, that person's great. Let me go talk to them. Um, You know, not inferring for a moment that, that journalists just grab whatever they see on online and just Printed wholesale even though you've described that has happened
1: yeah they do do that sometimes but i mean Great you don't know, connect with people but it's just even if they like you say even if they just see it and they'll store it because obviously you would now i've got this incredible functionality on on twitter we can bookmark it so we can kind of we you know you used to have to copy and paste you can bookmark the tweet so they could just bookmark the tweet and then go oh, i'm going to go back to jody or carry up whatever they could they'll go back and they do because then it's especially if they're on a tight deadline and they just need a short quote or you know because i think the other thing that i find very powerful about twitter is its relevancy isn't it so it shows that the person the expert that you might be working with or if you are an expert yourself it shows that you're bang up to date. you know because loads of experts that i i work with that they're not they're not in they're not in the loop they're not relevant they might have maybe six months ago or a year ago they wrote a book about something or they've got this business but they don't know what's going on now. So if you tweet about what's going on now, it makes you look and sound totally up to date and bang- and relevant, which is what they want, don't they? That's what the junior uh, journalists want, you know.
0: It's so great. I I am totally gonna steal this idea if you don't mind, and I'm gonna start using this with some of my clients because I think it's I think it's brilliant, and it sounds like you really you really do it well. Um, let's talk too about the the types well, of clients you work with, um, and and you were telling me before we started taping that you like to focus on emotional connection and content. Would you like to talk about that a little bit and sort of explain it a little?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so the process that I do with um with my clients, I call it soft PR as a kind of as a way of um labeling this. So how I keep how I teach them to communicate is through soft skills. So it's kind of bringing Brené Brown into the PR world. Um, so for example, in the tweets, I know that like, if you wanna get attention, you'd be controversial and you're loud and everything. But for me, I think if you can soften up your language and soften up your communication, I, I still believe now, even more so now actually, because people have had it with shouting and we've got global post-traumatic stress. There's so- when you're using your soft skills like empathy and listening and patience and kindness and lightheartedness, in your communication you create emotional connection and with anybody obviously the journalists as well and they 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 remember you and they see you as a human being instead of just somebody who wants something from them because I think a lot of PRs you know uh, tend to and people tend to go at them and like give me this give me this and they're really entitled and they're they're very grabby and it's like they're, they're a human being doing a job so if you can use your soft skills you create an emotional connection with them like heart to heart instead of so, for example, how that looks like on Twitter is that I will use emojis or I'll use GIFs or, you know, things like that. And like, I remember a few years ago, somebody was saying before I did used it in a PR capacity, they were like, oh, that's not very professional. And actually, it's really professional because it's showing actually now in the, all the social media marketing, content marketing world, they're like, actually, you've got to do that. We want your it's human. It's humanizing communication, isn't it? You know? You, um, you,
0: have, you have hit on the, the uh, to use a, a, a UK reference, you, the Willy Wonka golden ticket there. Um, humani- <laughs> humanizing, what, is that an appropriate reference? Yeah, it's
1: completely cool. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's, yeah. it's
0: so true that the best, re- and, and anybody who's listening to this who does PR, raise your hand. The best relationships you have, the best press you get is with reporters with whom you have a relationship that is a human one. It doesn't have to be a friendly buddy-buddy one, but when you can talk straight to a reporter and you can give them a good story um, and, and be friendly Uh, with them, you know, and you have, because you have a good relationship with it. Those are the best stories. Those are, that's the best success that you have for your clients. Um, And so I think that's super smart. I love the gift response. I do that all day long on Twitter. I'm a
1: a gift queen. (laughs) I
0: think it's so much, I think it's so much more fun than typing the word. Yeah. Or I agree. You know, and there's so many GIFs out there that are just ridiculously funny yeah, and they because they also have that added, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's kind of social relevance, right? You know, yeah. whether it's a gift from like Ted Lasso or it's a gift from Star Wars or so anything, like you name yeah. it, right? Like people get it. They get what you're trying to say, but they get the subtext too.
1: Absolutely. Um, I do a lot of Bridget Jones. <laughs> I do a lot of Bridget Jones gifts, you know, when she, she falls over in the mud in this like white jeans, and I'm like, oh, that was a moment. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it, 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 it's just funny and it's memorable and, you know, it softens people up in a communication situation. I mean, how can it not really? It's kind of, and if it doesn't, there's, there, you know, I was, somebody said to me, like, has ever not worked. And I said, probably once or twice, but that's minimal. And they weren't really the people I really wanted to communicate with. So it's cool, you know, most, I would say it's those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind, you know, it's kind of really Dr. Zeus back at you, you know, it's like, I
0: like that. I like that. Now, now let's take that into the types of clients that you work with, because across verticals, you walk, you told me you work with very different types of clients, a barrister here in the U S an attorney, um, but personal coaches, therapists, um, small business owners, Um, very different types. Do you throttle your strategy and the way you work with them depending on their business or how do you manage that?
1: Um, I mean, I could have, if I wanted to just specialised in coaches and therapists, for example, but I think I just get a bit bored personally. So I quite like, and how I work with people, I need to really like them as a person and they need to like me because I, I do work in quite a different way to a lot of PRs. You know, it's quite quite intuitive it's probably not really that rational um you know all all of my best results come from not following the rules and breaking the rules you know it's kind of kind of you know I don't really go oh it's sort of you know it's not a to z it's a completely different you know not even using the alphabet kind of thing so um for me the most important thing is that I like the person and they like me the emotional connection is there from the start and that they're I feel that they're coachable, you know, you get a feeling about whether people are coachable in the first conversation, to be honest, and we don't always listen to it, but we do get a feeling, we kind of go, oh, you're, you're right for me, oh, no, you're not quite right for me, and so that's sort of how it works, really, Jodie, and, um, and I find that, like, I've worked with a couple of people now in the legal profession, and they're, they can be very articulate, but they kind of, they're often too stuck in their front brain which I probably would say for like most of the people I work with so you have to kind of bring them back into the limbic and go right let's let's speak more emotionally let's relax yes you're an expert but let's let again it's humanizing it so I would say that the challenges are quite similar really it's just kind of because it's once you've heard one comment you've heard them all so you have to put your what's trademark you emotionally into into the how you communicate and I created this process called a connection recipe which actually came from a Twitter chat that I was on um and um we were talking about this was this was really early on in twitter so it's like maybe 2007 and it was a twitter chat probably a content marketing chat and this was when um loads of people were like oh it's all about the data and the and the facts and the figures and and I tweeted something like but but content without connection is like tea without cake i was like you need both you know and i was like you need them both that's it and so i created this process called the connection recipe where i go through, work with with people and this is all kinds of people i can do it with brands as well and we kind of we 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 work out we brainstorm and heartstorm what is trademark them emotionally in a positive way and then we whittle it down to 5 and then i, I i've got a process like a connection recipe guide to help them basically um weave in their recipes to the five qualities that are trademark them emotionally because when when they use them then people start to recognize them it stands out because even if you're using facts and figures what you want to do with, this is why emotional connection is so powerful is you want things to bypass the brain and go to the heart so you do that with bringing content that's emotionally connected so And if you take it to the next level, which is a connection recipe, then you bring what's trademarked you emotionally. So people getting used to your emotional flavor, then they start to emotionally invest, i.e. care about your content, which obviously is a huge thing at the moment because attention is precious and it's even more precious now. So they start to emotionally invest and when they emotionally invest in you and your content, they're more likely to financially invest more so than looking at data and metrics and everything like that, you know, the days of, Oh, well, I'm impressed by your facts and figures are kind of gone. Now people are much more like, Oh, I need to feel a connection with that person, you know, or it needs to mean something to me to work with that person. So that's kind of what I do as well.
0: That is so important. And I love the way you describe that bypassing the brain and getting to your heart, because I think that again, um, perfectly describes uh, what you're talking about, humanizing the content and making the yeah. personal connection with the person you're pitching, the person, and we've said this a million times here on this on this show. You know, you're you're asking these people to give something of themselves, their time, their column inches in the newspaper, their airtime on the radio or TV. They have to put a lot of work and effort into creating the story that you're asking them to create. If you create that that relationship uh, and that human bond that human connection right off the bat with what you're pitching it gets a lot easier don't you think
1: yeah it does and like as you know yourself jody you don't just want one piece of media coverage you want them to come back to you don't you so you've got to kind of go yeah okay i could i could piss them off a little bit and be controversial and be this this and this but is it worth it in the long term no not really because very few people the exception of certain ex-presidents can get away with it most people just lit and some celebrities most people jody just can't get away with that can they because it's like it's long it's a bigger game because you know quite rightly the journalists have you know they remember things which is fair enough because they're human beings it goes back to they're human beings at the end of the day aren't they so you want to be respectful you want to go you know um you want to play the long game sometimes they can't use you sometimes they edit it you just got to be compassionate empathetic understanding I go yeah I totally understand that that you did that Jodie okay looking forward to next time and you're kind of nurturing it's 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 nurturing as well so much of this is nurture 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 and eventually they come back you know when it when the timing's right you said you said that at the start a lot of it so much of this is about timing Jodie it's like and there's no, there's no kind of cookie cutter shortcut to get the timing, is there? Loads of people want to logicalize the process of PR, but I think it's a lot more mystical than people make out because it's, it's timing and you can't, you've got to just have faith and trust that the timing, it was going to work out that what you keep putting out there is going to come back at some point because it does, it always does. But often when you don't expect it to and in a way that you don't expect it to.
0: These are amazing words of wisdom, Carrie. I, I think everyone should take, to, should take this into uh, the week uh, and, and, and inject this into what they do, because I think we get so wrapped up in the results that we want to produce for our clients that we forget what you're talking about, which is making this a real human business and a real human uh, journey. Uh with the people that we're working with, not just with our clients, but with the reporters that we're engaging with, and frankly, with the audiences that those reporters are serving. Um they you can never forget that we're never, you know, we say this a lot, and I know you know this too, that you're never just talking to the reporter, you're talking to their audience. So so what does the audience expect to get out of it? Well, if it comes from that human place that you're talking about, you know it's always going to hit in the right spot.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like I think more than ever before, people want want you to reach into their hearts you know to be moved to be inspired you know that they, they want to go on that journey with you don't they? they want you know yes they want that the, the, you know they might if they are sad then they want to ha- sort of see how it can be turned around we're really at a place in humanity where we want hope we want things to look forward to you know and we want fun we want all those things don't we so if you can communicate that and we want safety so some people you know like some of my my legal client you know we need to communicate the safety aspect. That's really important, isn't it? Because a lot of us are very unsure. Um, So yeah, but you can do that with with empathy and compassion. And I think it makes, like you say, a massive difference. But another thing I was gonna say, Jodie, is that yes, PR is storytelling, but obviously social media has made it much more accessible and the media has evolved. So it's a lot of opinion sharing, isn't it? So again, that goes back to the tweets. So it's like, that's why I get my clients to share their opinions about stuff because Again, if they can see they showcase their opinions to the world live on Twitter, it just shows that they're really they are an authority. You don't need to write a book. You just need to send a few tweets out that really showcase. Actually, this is who I am. This is what I believe. This is what I stand for. And again, that makes them attractive to the media, doesn't it? And the world, really. It's kind of like this is my stool, This is what I think. And this is like very um you know very of the now you don't need to just email privately to the journalist if you could do it like that it, it's quite gutsy but it it really shows your capacity of your ability to be in the media i mean it's
0: this is this is incredible advice and I am definitely stealing a lot of what you what you explained to us today and I am taking this so. into my business absolutely absolutely this has been a great conversation Carrie oh, um, let you. us let us uh, segue now into our rapid fire question segment of the podcast okay. <laughs> if you've heard us before this is where we steal a page from the Inside the Actor Studio television show we ask our guests a series of rapid fire questions this is fun right okay then to exhibit uh, elicit us a simple answer maybe a laugh or two so with your indulgence let's begin
1: <laughs>
0: rapid fire question number one what is your favorite news source uh,
1: i probably look at the bbc the, the top one really okay in this country yeah it's just the easiest yeah it's probably isn't my favorite because it's a starting point
0: rapid fire question number two what is your favorite social media platform
1: Oh, Twitter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we knew the answer to that one before no, we, we asked it. Yeah. All right. Qu- rapid fire question number three. Fr- m- number three: coffee or alcohol?
1: Oh, it'd have to be alcohol because I'm not. I'm not drinking tea or coffee anymore.
0: <laughs> okay. There you go. Very good. All right. Well, I'm not drinking alcohol anymore, so I'm on I'm, I'm <laughs> like coffee. So there you go. All yeah. right. Rapid fire question number four: What is your favorite on the run food? Bananas. Oh, oh. I love it. All right. Very good. (laughs) Rapid fire question number five. This is the philosophical one. What do you want to be after you finish this career?
1: Uh, Probably a fiction writer. Oh,
0: that's a good one. I like that. All right. Well, Carrie, this has been a great conversation. Thank you for spending time with us. Please let people know how they can find you online, whether on your website or on social.
1: Yeah, sure. So you can find me on Twitter at Blondepreneur. Hopefully in a few days, <laughs> when my website's back up, you can find me at the Blondepreneur with an E. So B-L-O-N-D-E-Preneur.com.
0: Excellent. We will definitely look for you. Carrie, thank you again for spending time with us here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the PR Podcast and send us a question or a comment. Our intro is by Christopher Apple. You can find him and his fantastic photography on Instagram at Christopher underscore A-P-P-O-L-D-T. Check him out there and hire him for all your photography needs. You can find me online at Jody Fisher on all the socials and online at jodyfisherpr.com. We'll see you next time on The PR Podcast.